Welcome to Leaders in Conversation, a series of podcasts in which leaders share their inspirational personal leadership stories. In this episode, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Annabelle Venner. Annabelle is an award-winning global marketing leader with over 25 years experience of delivering, stretching business growth, building strong brands and teams that drive marketing effectiveness and results. Welcome, Annabelle, to Leaders in Conversation. Good to be here. I know a little bit about you, Annabelle, through having heard you speak over the years on the Marketing Leaders Programme. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about you, about the things that have shaped you and made you who Mm -hmm. you are today, starting with your early childhood. I was brought up on a farm in Kent and I was the eldest of three daughters. I think much to my father's probably slight disappointment. They didn't have any sons. So I spent um, 18 years there. Uh, My dad was amazing. And I think he brought up three very strong daughters. Um, And I had a very close family and we had quite a lot of open discussions. So I've got very fond memories of all sitting around the table, eating and chatting together. I learned a lot at a very early age. We did lots of sort of things that would now be considered to be immensely dangerous, such as um, learning how to drive the farm vehicles very young. I learned how to drive a tractor. I used to travel in the back of tractors up to the grain store along all the country lanes. So I learned quite a lot about taking risks, just putting yourself out there and and doing things that probably I wouldn't allow my children to do today. During my school years, I got very involved with the cadets. I would spend my time at school learning how to shoot flying aircrafts, parachuting um, and heading off. And I think I even did sort of gliding. I was very adventurous in my early years. I get a real sense of that adventurous spirit in you Mm -hmm. and you're wanting to give opportunities to others to have adventures? Yes, I think my, my interesting enough, my father was very adventurous. So before he met my mum, he, he travelled the world. He went to Africa and he went to Australia. But I think probably over the last 12 to 18 months or even longer, I do want to give opportunities to people and particularly those who probably can't find it themselves or don't have the connections to do it. I've started doing some mentoring. I talk in schools. I've also become a member of an organization called Marketing Kind, which is fantastic. And they believe in the positive power of marketing. Um, And I've started to work with some charities as well, where I really believe in, in what they're trying to do and just to see if I can go out there and through my experience and my connections help them. What got you into marketing? Was marketing something when you were at school and growing up on offer or was it something that you found along the way? Very much found along the way. And I think probably that's common with a lot of marketers. At school, I actually don't remember that many conversations around careers. And probably if you'd asked me as a sort of 16 year old, I wouldn't have known what marketing was. And probably at that time, I probably would have said I either wanted to be a vet or probably a pilot. So I did sciences at A-level and I decided to do chemistry at university because I was good at it and I liked it. Um, But after three years at uni, I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do. My first job was with Smithkline Beecham and it was at their factory up in St. Helens, which is in Lancashire. And I got an opportunity after three or four years working with them to start working more closely with the marketing team. I really enjoyed 
working with them and I just thought it'd be a good opportunity to drive change rather than being on the end of it. I asked if I could move into marketing and then 25 years later I'm still doing it. And giving other people opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn about marketing as well which is how we originally met on the Marketing Leaders Programme, a programme about helping marketing leaders Mm -hmm. to focus on leadership and not just on marketing. What else in your childhood or who else shaped Mm -hmm. you and your values and beliefs about people and what you care about my dad was definitely a very uh, key role with that he was immensely connected within the community that I lived in I lived you know in a very small village in the countryside but I have memories of um, my father going out and helping people a lot and allowing people to come and do things on our land occasionally a hot air balloonist would land in our field because he was very open to allowing them to do it he had a snow plow So often he would be going out, plowing the roads to enable people to get to school. I think I probably was the child that was always at school because there was always a way. He would also help people out of, you know, ditches. He had an immense network through things like sort of bridge and tennis. And later in life, I remember when I was at Coca-Cola, Robert Swan came in and talked. And he is, uh, I think he was the first man to walk to both poles. And I just remember him talking about his story of how he really believed in it. And the immense, um, he, he spent a lot of time fundraising the money. Um, and his immense drive to do it. And now he's turned into being somebody who's much more focused on the environment. He was quite taken aback about some of the the rubbish that he found that people leave behind in these amazingly beautiful areas. Um, And I admired him for what he wanted to do in that area. And actually that, that part of the environment is important to me today. Has that become very much part of your leadership, your passion for caring about the environment? I don't think it's part of my leadership. I think it's it's part of what I want to do now. So um, one of the charities I actually spoke to this morning is called Renewable World, and they're based down in Brighton, and they do amazing things where they're using sustainable energy um, in developing countries. And I just think that's really amazing and I'm, I'm going to see what I can do to support them and I think also that there's there's quite a lot of community um, involvement in things like transition that's a big part in Ealing um, and a lot of the time at the weekends I go out uh, working with the with my kids and we also have an allotment as well so we're doing a lot of growing our own fruits and vegetables so I think it's a, a big part of who I am but probably less so in terms of part of my leadership part of your future leadership by the sound of it Annabelle and something that you're passionate about yes particularly over the past 12 months you've really appreciated Mm -hmm. the power of community and the importance of of community yes so 12 well it's less than that so last summer I lost my husband to cancer and it has been amazing the support I've had from my sort of doorstep community lots of people in my street in my local area who've been amazingly supportive and actually they they were really supportive before he died lots of people calling in checking to see how I am there's lots of people with dogs so I'm regularly going out and doing dog walks and I knew them as neighbors but now I know them as people and they've definitely offered that that support but also I've said the broader community people I have Um, met and stayed in contact with through my work Um, I've always said that I'm very well networked the people who've been there been on the phone really close friends family when I've had that tough time and I've needed to have a conversation they have been there or when they've you know 
had offers of, of a cup of coffee when we could. It's a lovely sense of that sort of support that's always there. And it's become incredibly important to me over the last few years. I think it's helping me now as, as I try and work out what I want to be going forward. Um, and a lot of people have been there and able to offer me advice or introduce me to people or share their own experiences as well. Um, so it's one thing that I, I now strongly recommend to people is always have a network of people. They can be there for your personal or business life. It's definitely been something that has been massively beneficial. One of the reasons for doing this podcast is to invite people like yourself to share your story mm -hmm. that encourages other people to connect with each other, to connect with themselves and to appreciate that they're not on their own and that we can reach out to each other through the community and that it's an important part of our resilience and yeah. confidence. What else has helped you by way of your confidence and resilience during the past 12 months and since yeah. the loss of your husband? I think I have also learned that work doesn't define who you are and there's lots of other things that are more important. I worked practically for 30 years. I had two children during that time and I loved what I did for the, for the most part of it um, and I was very proud of what I achieved. But I think stepping back from it and leaving it last summer, um, you can discover a different side of of who you are and and you really then reevaluate what's important and I've learned that I have a, a much more vulnerable side to me than I ever thought before and actually it's fine being vulnerable and it's fine showing that and that's helped me in the conversations another one probably is around really focusing on the things that I really enjoy doing and that's where I've started doing a lot more mentoring than I've ever done before and started getting involved with the charities as well. And that's what I'm very focused on. And probably the last thing is just around mental and physical health. So even though the last year has been awful, I have spent the time ensuring that I stay fit and healthy, having the right conversations, having the right breaks, going for walks. And that has helped hugely. And I'm probably more fit now, mentally and physically, well, particularly physically than I have been for a long time. And that's something that you share with your boys as well. So I've got two teenage boys. So one's 13 and one's 15. And I think they, they've they had the right upbringing so far in terms of I was always the very much the, the career focused one. And so hopefully I've been a good role model for them in showing that the traditional view of, of men being the breadwinner is not always the case. Um, but also in terms of They've, they've seen me very upset um, and they know it's okay to be upset. And I regularly have conversations with them about how they're feeling about the loss of their father and actually more recently the loss of my mother as well. So I think we've grown closer and I think they've learned that you don't have to be strong all the time and that being emotional and being vulnerable is fine and it's okay. And being emotional and vulnerable together as well. One yeah. of the things that stands out for me in what you're saying, Annabella, is when you were a child, you were sat around the table having conversations mm -hmm. with your mum and dad and your sisters, and you're doing the same with your boys. You're having conversations. See, they've just gone back to school this week, but whilst they were at home, we ate together. Not all the time, but in the evenings we ate together. I insisted on that because that's something that happened when I was a child. And I do remember lots of very, very open conversations with my parents and I'm doing the same with my boys now and we would discuss anything 
And my parents, I think, were very patient and also they let us learn from our mistakes. So the conversations wasn't always, you know, you can do this and you can't do that. There are many occasions where I was allowed to do things and they knew that I would fail, but that was fine because failings, you learn from it. And looking back on it is a bit of a wry smile. Well, why I sometimes was surprised where they allowed me to do things. And I remember one conversation when I think I was I was quite young, I was in my early 20s, and I asked for permission to move in with my boyfriend at the time, and they said yes. And it took me aback. Um, and then a couple of years later, when we broken up, I asked them why they did it. And they said, well, if we'd said no, you'd have done it anyway. So why not allow you to do it and then learn from it? So I'm trying to do the same with my kids now and trying not to say no too much. But also that failure is okay. What are some of the proudest moments that you've had, both in terms of what you've achieved, but also in terms of what you've accomplished From a professional point of view, it probably is very much focused on my time in my last job at Hiscox. So when I joined, when I resigned from Coke, I got a lot of strange looks that um, I was leaving a massive, global, very well-known, very well-loved brand. I'm going to work for, actually for a lot of people, a brand that they'd never heard of, plus it was insurance. One of the, the proudest moments from a professional point of view is when Hiscox got shortlisted for the Marketing Society's Brand of the Year. Now, when I have conversations with people and I say where I've worked, they all go, I loved your marketing. It's really good. And I go, oh, that feels so special. So that was that was a big one. A second one was where I took a little bit of a, um, probably what was considered a brave step. About six years ago, Hiscox bought a, a business in Asia. And I was offered the opportunity to go. And my kids probably at the time were eight and nine, so quite young. And I spoke to my husband and he said, just go for it. You'd never get the opportunity to go out there and go live out there for three months. So I made the decision to go. What was really good for me was I'd been very focused up to at that time working in the UK and working in Europe. But working in Asia is very different. The culture is very different. The way you have to motivate people is very different. And I learned a lot about myself and adapting my style of managing and leading during that time. But probably one of the most important things was my husband did an amazing job when I was away. And I remember talking to the headmaster of the school and he just said, Annabelle, not once did your kids turn up wearing the wrong thing or with the wrong books. And I, and I just thought that was great. I did get a few questions about why was I going to do it? Would I not miss the kids and would my husband cope? And the fact that we all manage brilliantly and it's very good for the kids, very good for me and very good for the husband was amazing. A real team effort. Team effort, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else have you learned over the years that you're really proud about yourself? I like to deliver through people. And this is what I talk about when I do some sort of mentoring that I do. And I, I've i always had positive feedback from my team in terms of my style of management and how they felt valued and how I gave them the opportunities to, to grow. I've also learned that tough conversations need to be had. Um, and whether that's tough conversations where you don't agree with something in the business or tough conversations with individuals, the first one may feel scary, um, but actually... I valued times where I've been told you weren't good enough to get that or um, this is the reason why we're not giving you more than successful. And I think you as a leader and a manager, you have to have those. And I've had a couple where I've said to people, 
I know you're ambitious and I know you want to to get on and be promoted, but it's very unlikely it's going to happen here. So you have a couple of choices. You either have to change, and that sometimes that's very difficult for people, or you probably have to leave and pursue a career elsewhere. And often they've gone off and they've left and they've been very successful in a different business and a different environment. But I think you have to have those tough conversations with people. I think having those conversations actually helps people to learn and grow and to feel more safe because they know that you are being direct with them and they know where they stand. I think it's important that you foster that that culture where people can do things differently, they can take risks and you can have those conversations and make it just feel very safe for people and I think if you do that as individuals everybody grows but also people are then more likely to do Um, some of these risks will pay off and they'll benefit the individuals and the businesses that they're working in. When you look ahead, Annabelle, to where you would like to make an even bigger difference, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to contributing to? At the moment, I'm trying to divide my time up into thirds and it's still early, so I'm not there yet. A third of me is around, um, I'm I'm missing a bit of strategy and, and steering businesses at the moment. So I'm looking to secure some non-exec director roles. I'm trying to do it in businesses where I'm very strongly aligned with their values and where they want to make a difference. So it could be either where they're looking to expand or change or do things a bit differently because they've had a few tough years. A third of me is, is in this area called giving back, working with charities, doing some mentoring, doing some speaking. I'm thoroughly enjoying speaking with organizations such as the Marketing Meetup, which supports a lot of more junior marketeers. And then the other third is my paid consultancy, because I believe the first two are where I can make a real difference. Where your passion is for giving back Definitely. and for giving yeah. people opportunities throughout. Yeah. You know, I had a, a look at your lovely website and the beautiful photos, which certainly give you your sense of adventure. Yes, they're all my, yeah, they're all personal photos. The last bit is around, if you look outside the professional side, I've got two boys who have been... I have been so proud of the way they have coped with, firstly, my obviously my husband's illness and then his death, and then also more recently my grandmother. And I'm immensely proud of them. A big part of the reason for me taking a slightly different approach to my career is that I can be there for them. And we've definitely got closer. And I think I was always there from for them from a side of, you know, I would take them to sport. We would go out, I'd take them to theatre. We would do do things together. But I feel now I'm there to support them more emotionally. I definitely want to be there for them. I think along the next two or three years, there will be ups and there'd be downs. But I think we've got very, very strong, strong bonds now. And I think we'll weather it. But at least I will be here if when they get back from school and they've had a terrible day or something's happened or all those things they're going to face um, as they go up and you know relationships and everything else I will be here for them I'd love to to play the role that my parents played for me um and 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 allow them to have that similar sort of upbringing where there was people there who were there they could talk to but also that environment where they were allowed to push the boundaries a little bit and go out and try things and fail and it didn't matter Wonderful. More about being than doing, which is what I often say about leadership, that it's more about who you're being than what you do. Obviously, what you do matters, but that being there for each other and accepting all parts of each other being really, really important. And I I would have definitely said 
you know, my last few years at Hiscox when I had my global job and I was, you know, on a plane and roaring around and doing calls early in the morning and late in the evening, it was more of a doing. You know, I did a huge amount for them. I managed their social life. I did everything. And now it's definitely being. And I just, I'm enjoying it. Um, and it is really, really important. It's lovely to hear that, Annabelle. You spoke about the strong influence of your dad and how mm-hmm. he was, uh, and, and your mum and dad, mm-hmm. thinking about your mum, who I know died recently. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you learned from her about, about life? I think um, a bit like, you know, my my mum had 25 years without my dad and she always had a an amazingly positive outlook on life and um, a real spirit of adventure. Uh, we we had some amazing holidays, my sisters and I, with my mum. You know, lots of mad holidays together and we formed a very, very strong relationship, probably more like friends rather than like mother and daughter at the end. But it's, she also had this side of her, again, that was very community focused and very welcoming. So in a lot of the cards and letters we've received from people, people talk about when they came to the village, she was the first one knocking on the door or bringing around something. She was immensely green fingered. So a lot of the plants that I have in my allotment actually came from her. She was an amazing cook. I will never, ever be like as good as, as she was. But again, people talk about the dinner parties that she used to hold but I think it's at the end of it it's just that very very closeness we had with my mother I think we were always called the Scott girls so that was uh, the surname of my dad and people always referred to my sisters and I and my mum as the Scott girls and that probably really encapsulates that really close bond that we had with her and nothing was off limits we could talk about anything and we did it was fantastic really fantastic and what you're talking about is real love. And you're also talking about loss and sharing that and feeling vulnerable and being able to talk about anything and being there for each other. Yeah. And probably a couple of years ago, I if you'd asked me then, would I be talking so openly about the loss of my husband and my mother? I probably would have said no, because I was always the strong person. I was the eldest child and I've always just got on with it and I've just done stuff. Um, and almost shrugged off any adversity or any challenge or any stress that I ever face. But I'm different now. I like the new me and I'm very happy to talk about it. And I now don't see this as a weakness. And probably I've never judged people who've talked about loss and grief and things that have found challenged. I've never perceived them as weak. But probably in me, I always felt I couldn't be um, as vulnerable as I am now or as open as I am now. But I'm very comfortable with it. Which is great by way of inviting others mm-hmm. to also know that it's okay and be able to talk with people about what really matters and to be mm-hmm. vulnerable. You hear a lot about emotional intelligence now in business. I was always very, very comfortable with my leadership and my management style. I may not have invited too many people into seeing this more vulnerable side of me. And if I look back now over my career, I probably should have done. I don't think I'd have ended up in a different place to where I got to in terms of my final role but it just may have helped some people in terms of probably connecting with me more strongly as an individual rather than as as their manager and encouraging them to be open and Mm -hmm. to be themselves yeah definitely as well thinking about the three most important things that you would encourage anybody in their life and leadership Mm -hmm. what would they be Annabelle? The first one would be around 
not exactly taking a risk, but if opportunities are offered, just taking taking hold of them. So I was very comfortable moving from Coca-Cola to uh, Hiscox. Um, and actually, I think I was a lot better marketeer for having experience of different verticals. I really enjoyed going to work in Asia. So I think if you're offered an opportunity to move sideways, find a different industry, go and work abroad, leap at it, grab it. My second one will be don't be defined by your professional life and your job and really understand the the bigger side of who you are so yes you can have a job that you really like but what are, what other things are really important to you and how do you pursue those alongside what you're doing in your career and the third one we've, we've spoken about a lot which is bringing your whole self be vulnerable it's not a weakness if you're struggling with stuff talk about it bring that side of you to work you don't need to stand up in front of the stage and, and talk about it but just with those people who know you show that side of them um, I think it's really important. I've definitely embraced that side of me and I'm a lot more comfortable with it now. And I think it's allowed me to have those honest conversations with people, but also allow people to support me back. And I'm very comfortable reaching out for help when I've needed it now. Annabelle, thank you very much for being so open in our conversation mm -hmm. today and for being so willing to speak about yourself in the way that you have done. To find out more about Annabelle, her consulting, mentoring and speaking, and to see her beautiful photographs, go to her website, www.annabellevenner.com, or get in touch with her via email on annabellevenner at gmail.com. Thank you for being in conversation with me. To find out more about me, do go to my website, www.annietownend.com or get in touch with me via annie at annietownend.com. To listen to more inspirational stories, browse the full series of Leaders in Conversation via my website or Spotify, Buzzsprout or iTunes. And if you would like to be a guest on Leaders in Conversation, I would love to hear from you. Thank you again, Annabelle. Thank you.